Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianmedia.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I am Father Thomas Loya, your host. And we begin a new year, not the liturgical new year. That begins in September in the Byzantine liturgical calendar. But of course, it's the civil new year. We've just a few days into it. And we've come out of what has been a magnificent year and a magnificent feast of our Lord's Nativity. Now we look towards the feast of our Lord's Theophany. In other words, his baptism in the River Jordan for the Latin Rite Church. That feast, January 6th, is called Epiphany. For the Eastern churches, it's called Epiphany as well, but also Theophany. As always, we arrive at the same point, east and west, but we come to it from different angles and different emphasis. For the east, the emphasis of January 6th, the event, the Epiphanic emphasis, has to do with a Theophanic emphasis. In other words, a showing forth of the Trinity. Both lungs of the church focus on a showing forth. Showing forth of this God who has taken on flesh, who has come into our existence, entered into our reality in every aspect of it, and into all creation. But in the East, on January 6th, we focus on the fact that the whole Trinity was manifested. There is an epiphany of the whole Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, at the moment of Christ's baptism. Because his Father's voice boomed out from the sky. This is my beloved Son in whom my favor rests. And also, the Holy Spirit descended in the form of a dove. So we have the manifestation of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In the West, of course, it is the Magi, the three kings. But both celebrations meet at the point of a showing forth, an illumination, a manifestation. And in fact, this season brings us into what is that incarnational dimension of our faith. It's all about that. It's all about God, an invisible God, infinite God, who has made himself real and visible to us, manifesting himself in the last few weeks and the next several weeks, actually, all the way through into the beginning of February, actually, where we celebrate the entrance of Jesus Christ into the temple. He's put in the arms of the just elder Simeon. That basically concludes the whole epiphanic era that we've been in in the last several weeks. Beginning, boy, actually, when you think about it, it goes all the way back to the feast of the entrance of the mother of God into the temple back on November 21st. In other words, the plan of salvation starts to be set up. It starts to unfold with the coming into the picture, sort of coming on stage 
the significant personalities and events. First, the Mother of God, and then her conception is, of course, celebrated December 8th. Originally, in the Eastern churches, it was December 9th. Then, of course, we have the actual birth of Jesus Christ. Then we have his circumcision on January 1st. Then, as we are doing now, looking towards his baptism, the theophany, and that will all come to its conclusion at the feast on February 2nd of Jesus Christ being brought into the temple by his parents, Mary and Joseph, the mother of God and his foster father, Joseph, and placed in the arms of the just elder Simeon, where he will say, now you may dismiss your servant, O Lord, for my eyes have seen a light of revelation to the Gentiles. In other words, this old man, Simeon, like you and I, his whole life really was about a kind of a vigilance, a vigilance to behold to see the Messiah. And there he holds him in his very hands. And so he cries out to God, you can take me from this earth now, God. There's nothing left for me to see or wait for, to do or experience, because I have God himself in the flesh in my own arms. It's just an incredible liturgical period that we've come through and are still moving through this period of manifestation of incarnation. God incarnated himself in creation, in the flesh, through individuals, in the Old Testament, through the column of fire and smoke, the Ten Commandments, his voice, aspects of nature. He's always manifesting himself. And so, too, is that the calling of all of us? I like to say that we incarnate the incarnation. We are all incarnations of the incarnation. Made in the image likeness of God, we, too, image God, all of us individually. And because of that, and because we're also entering this new year, and therefore looking back on the previous year, I want to offer a special thanks to all of you who have been supportive of all of us in many ways here at Light of the East on behalf of Armin Chabatari, our producer and engineer, and of myself. I want to thank you. Thank you for the way that you have manifested God through your gift, through just listening to us, spreading the word about us your complimentary messages to me from time to time as I come across you or you email me or talk to me or call me or whatever. (laughs) All these affirmative messages are very important to us because it shows that the message is getting through. We thank especially those who have been serving time in prison. They're listening to us and they're right to us from time to time. We pray for you. And we're so, so humbled and glad that we can be of service to you, that we can incarnate the incarnation to you. I want to thank all of you for just being the gift that you are. And we hope that we can continue to hear from you and you will continue to hear from us here at Light of the East as we continue to expand this work of the Lord, this ministry, this manifestation through this medium of radio. We may continue to do that work and you are important to us. So I want to thank you for this past year and invite you to stay with us and tell a friend about us. Tell people about us. They want to learn more about the Eastern Church and our spirituality? Tune in here to Light of the East. We look forward to another great year, God willing, of blessings with you, incarnating the incarnation. I mentioned that we incarnate the incarnation individually. Each one of us is gift. And we come to the end of a person's life, such as at a funeral, there's actually a time when we look upon their life with that lens of giftedness, how God shone through that person with all their glory and all of their fallen aspects, as we all are. 
how did God show through that person in the way that was unique to them? Because that's what God does. He manifests himself in a way that is unique to all of us individually. We're unrepeatable. He will never reveal what he wants to reveal except when we're on this earth. And when we're gone, he won't do it that way. He'll do it uniquely through each and every one of us. So when we leave this earth, it is significant. The earth is not the same. The world is not the same. The universe is not the same. When one star falls from the sky, you know, it becomes a black hole. It's a different universe. One star, it's a different universe. Another star is made. It's a different universe. A person dies, it's a different world. A person is born, it's a different world. One drop from the ocean, it's a different ocean. One drop into the ocean, it's a different ocean. That's how it works in the order of creation. This past year, the end of this last year in December, there was someone who left this earth. It's a different earth. It's a different world, different for me, different for a lot of people who I know, my family, relatives, friends, and also this Byzantine Catholic Church. The person who left this earth and this church on earth was my father, my father Joseph. And that is significant for our purpose here in Light of the East because of who he was and his life. All of us are unique, but what was really unique about my father is that he was, in a sense, the very incarnation of this Byzantine Catholic Church, and in particular, the Ruthenian Byzantine Catholic Church. He had a very unique distinction of being a layman who was also both the father of and the son of a priest, in particular, a Byzantine Catholic priest. His father, my grandfather, was Father John Loya. And, of course, I, his son, Joseph's son, is a, I am a priest, a Byzantine Catholic priest, as his father was a Byzantine Catholic priest. So it's a very, very unique place to be in life. And so my father, in a sense, was kind of at the epicenter of a lot of things that have to do with this church and its history. And at his funeral, by the grace of God, I was able to deliver the homily from my deceased father. I learned something from people who were present and heard my words and just learned more about my father. There's a bit of history that a lot of people did not realize my father experienced or was very much a part of the history of this church. And that is significant. It's significant for the mission of this radio program because we are all about unity. It's significant ecumenically. It's just significant in terms of giving a bigger and better and deeper picture of the church and the mystery of the church. It's also significant in terms of encouragement and also in a certain sense of indicting us if we were to become lax or complacent about our faith. And I'm going to explain what I mean by all that when we return. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to ByzantineCatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright.
You're listening to the choirs of Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish under the direction of Timothy Woods in Homer Glen, Illinois. This is the music you hear on Light of the East and is sung during the sacred liturgy at Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish. All we ask is a donation of $15 or more, which includes shipping and handling, to Annunciation Parish for each Theosis CD. Send a check made out to Annunciation Parish at 14610 Wilcook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. And may God grant you... You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Full-bodied Christianity, giving your heart and lungs to Christ. And now, a Sheptitsky Institute Minute with Father Peter Galadza. At the height of World War II, Archbishop Andrei Sheptitsky found time to publish a pastoral letter on singing in church. He wrote, The service that we render to God should embrace everything God has given us. We should pray not only in spirit, that is, with our mind and heart, but also in body and with everything that we possess, both in our souls and bodies, with everything that we can use to praise the Most High. In song, humans give their lungs, hands, knees, all their body, voice, their tongue, their sense of beauty, of melody, rhythm, and harmony, in short, their whole selves in service to the Lord. To learn about degree programs in Eastern Christian Studies, visit shiptitskyinstitute.ca. That's S-H-E-P-T-Y-T-S-K-Y Institute dot C-A. Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host on this eve of the Feast of the Theophany or the Epiphany as they say in the Western Church, but we also use that term in the Eastern Church, as I mentioned, but with another kind of nuance to it, theophany, the revelation of the Trinity at the moment of Christ's baptism. But I'm also talking about how we are theophanies, each one of us individually. We're incarnations of the incarnation, and in particular, I'm referencing my father, Joseph E. Loyal, who passed away in December, December 11th, to be exact. I mentioned that he was very unique. He was in a very unique position, which gives us a lot to contemplate, gives us a lot to better understand the church and ecumenism. One of the most significant aspects of his life and stories that I heard all my life growing up is that my father was at the absolute epicenter of a very dark and tumultuous period of history of the Byzantine Catholic Church in America. What happened was when the Eastern Catholic churches came to America, they were smaller in number, They were different than the Latin Rite Church. They came from different ethnic backgrounds, and they had different customs, one of which was a very significantly different custom. They had priests who were married, because in the Eastern churches there's been a venerable tradition, as the popes say, of married men being able to be ordained to the priesthood. So most of the pastors in Byzantine Catholic parishes that came from Europe or the Middle East are married. So people like my grandfather was a priest, came to America, and his generation came to America, and the Latin Rite Church was very firmly established already, and the Byzantine Catholic churches, the Eastern Catholic churches in general, did not have their own hierarchy here yet. So they had to report in under the jurisdiction of the local Latin Rite ordinary. Now, many of the Latin Rite ordinaries at the time, not all, but many of them did not understand these Eastern Catholics, especially 
those who were married, these married priests. And there was a tension that rose. And that tension eventually came to a head, and Rome stepped in and made a decree that all priests, and the way the, the decree was worded is that all priests, Catholic priests, East or West, Latin Rite or Eastern Rite, Catholic priests in the New World, that's how it was worded, in the New World. This goes back to, well, the decree happened actually in 1890, then it was repeated again in 1929. That's the one that became effective or binding. And basically, Rome said, all priests in the New World, because at that time, America was known as the New World, all priests in the New World had to be celibate. Now, what happened was, it caused a great rift in my particular church. And the epicenter of that rift was the region and the parishes where my father grew up as the son of a priest. This happened in western Pennsylvania, areas like Winber and Johnstown. And my father witnessed some of the darkest, most unimaginable behavior and occurrences in the Eastern Catholic churches in America. His father was hauled into court. He was shamed. He was physically attacked in his own rectory by parishioners, all in the name of God and religion and church. Can you imagine? This a lot of non-believers or fallen away Catholics always point to. They always point to the fallen human side of the church and say, well, it's all hypocrisy and so on, all this stuff done in the name of religion and God. Yeah, well, my father witnessed that. He grew up with it, witnessed it as a child. It was traumatizing for him, as terrorizing. It caused a great deal of confusion in him. In fact, his own pastor used to tell me, you know, Tom, when I hear your father's stories, it's a wonder he even believes in God let alone is still part of this church. Yet my father would say with complete sincerity and passion and intensity, I am a Byzantine Catholic. I was born a Byzantine Catholic, and I will die a Byzantine Catholic. And he saw more than any human being, I think I can credibly say that, more than any human being in the last hundred years in this country, he saw more of the dark side of the church, of the Byzantine Catholic Church in America, than anybody else. He was the absolute epicenter of it. And yet, why would he say that? Why would he say, I remain faithful to this church? Well, here's where we come to that point of incarnation and manifestation. It's because my father knew that the church, this church, was not defined by its human profile. However glorious, or however fallen. He somehow knew that underneath it all, through this church, its liturgy, its chant, and how he loved our chant, how he loved our liturgy, the music, the words, the liturgy, the mystery, through it all, underneath it all, this church is more than just a church or religion, an institution, a group of people who are fallen and doing bad things in the name of God and church and religion. He knew that this church was a way of seeing, of seeing the invisible God made real and touching that God and living according to that vision. And underneath it all, this church was built on a rock-solid foundation of spirituality and theology and tradition and custom. That's what he knew that's what he lived, what he lived and breathed. Layered on top of that, yes, was layers of darkness and of fallen side of humanity. 
He lived through it. It's much like the history of America. We lived through slavery. We have that black mark on our history, which still affects us today. But that does not define America. That does not define the soul, the essence of America at all, even though it's very much a part of its history. Same thing with my father in this church. And so his witness is significant, not just because he is my father, because of the unique position he was in. And we learn from him and those like him that it's all about this mystery of God incarnate. And it's the church in all of its beauty and genius that allows us to touch this invisible God in a very real, comprehensive way on all levels of our being. Despite all the human weakness that's layered on top of the genius of the church, what remains, what is most important, is the fact that God incarnates himself through this church. And through this church, we can touch God. We can make the invisible visible. And its foundation is solid. That's one thing my father knew. He said it was solid. It teaches what is truth and right. And it doesn't waver underneath it all. And its liturgy is profound and unwavering. It expresses and draws you into this mystery of God. This is what my father knew. And the one thing he wanted for his children was for them to grow up in this faith and in particular in this Byzantine Catholic Church and in most particularly the Ruthenian Church, the church of his heritage. If there's anybody that could have left it, would have had excuses to leave it, even to stop believing in God, I hate to say, but that's, that's how difficult these experiences were for my father. If anyone had that excuse, it was him. And so I say to you, I say to all of you, and I want you to say this message to your maybe adult children or brothers and sisters, friends or relatives who have left the church for far, far less weighty reasons. Ask them and tell them about the example of Joseph Loya and ask them, what is their excuse? What is anyone's excuse to leave the church? Certainly, what is their excuse to no longer believe in God or be faithful? When you have someone like my father who saw what I'm sure none of your friends or relatives or family members ever saw in the church and yet would live and die faithfully for this church and for his faith in God. You know, a person's witness, the way we manifest and incarnate the incarnation, can be very formative, very inspiring, can also be very indicting. Next to my father's witness, I'm sure we all have to ask ourselves, what is our excuse? What is our excuse for not being as committed as we ought to be to God and to church? And in particular, for an Eastern Catholic, to a Eastern Catholic church. It's easy to see the warts. It's easy to see the dark side. But when someone who saw it all in its depths that you or I couldn't imagine, I remained faithful to it, that's a, that's a powerful witness. It's a beautiful witness. It's a glorious witness. But it's also an indicting witness as well. In the end, it's all about what this season is telling us 
and immersing us in in the church, this season of manifestation, of God revealing himself, even through darkness, especially amidst darkness, turning suffering and human foibles and sin into redemption. It's all about us imitating this incarnated God by incarnating God himself, touching him through this church and manifesting his presence, his glory, his love to others. We enter into these feast days of manifestation, of illumination, of epiphany, only so that we can incarnate to the world the incarnation. Thank you for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the Light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East 14610. Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610, Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K, Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. <laughs>